Every single time I take a trip down a two-lane highway, I always notice this one thing. And I have to ask myself every single time, where are the fucking police and why are they not doing anything about this? Probably, it could have to do with the fact that police are always trying to tell us that we need to slow down because speeding kills. Speeding is the problem. Going fast is the problem. Well, I don't know about you, but I watch racing and I watch these cars go at over 200 miles an hour around a track with limited amount of issues. Spent a long time investigating why people on the Autobahn are safer than anyone who travels on the 401. And then it dawned on me. The police have been fucking lying to us this entire time. They always have been. They're always focused on the people who are going fast. When really, what's the one thing that can kill you faster than going fast in a vehicle? Well, as Jeremy Clarkson always put it, going fast and I hit somebody moving about the same speed, that's not going to hurt me. But you know what's really going to hurt me? Running into a brick wall. Because a stationary object causes more issues to anyone at any speed and this is a mentality that has pissed me off for so long that everybody seems to think that going fast is the issue it's not the issue of the slower car well today we're going to take a look at you don't need to slow down Welcome back to the Auto Looks Podcast. I am your host, as always, the Dr. T Automotive Industry, Mr. Everett J, coming to you from our main hosting website at autolux.net. If you haven't been there, stop by, check it out, read some of our reviews, find some of our Corporate Links websites, and then go on and find some of our previous podcasts to find out more about the world of the automobile and what's around you. The Autolux Podcast has been brought to you by Ecom Entertainment Group and distributed by Podbean.com. The Autolux Podcast is hosted by the one and only Mr. Everett J. So like I said at the beginning, police have always been trying to tell us that we need to slow down. Well, I just want to point out to, you know, the any OPP or police officers that are listening to you, uh, you can go fuck yourselves because when I'm doing this speed limit or even let's just say 10 kilometers faster than the speed limit and some asshole pulls in front of me in the fast lane going 20 kilometers slower than the speed limit, I'm the one who, who's charged because I was speeding. I'm in the wrong. Well, I don't know about you, but when you put a slow lower object in front of a faster moving object you're gonna have a collision and the collision is caused by the slower moving object it always is so when someone slow moves in front of you in a faster lane why are you at fault you are moving with the flow of traffic when I travel along Highway 400 between Barrie and Toronto, quite often, the furthest left lane, there's three of them, the furthest left lane is doing between 120 and 130 kilometers an hour. Funny thing is, when you're in that lane and you're going that fast, you're moving with this flow of traffic that's all doing the same speed. But then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, pulls some moron doing bang on 100 because he's got to get around another moron in the middle lane doing 90. The speed limit on that highway is 100 kilometers an hour. The person doing 90 is in the wrong lane. They should be in the furthest right lane for the slowest moving vehicles. The people in the center lane should be closer to the speed limit or slightly above it, moving with a constant flow of traffic. And the people in the furthest left lane are utilizing that lane to get past the slower moving vehicles 
channels, which are supposed to be in the right lanes. I don't know how many times I have ever seen this. And at my last concert, when I was leaving downtown Toronto in the Budweiser stage, I finally started getting moving on the Gardner Expressway. And then all of a sudden, I nearly ran into the back of somebody. Now, the Gardner speed limit at that point was 90 kilometers an hour, and we had just hit 75 kilometers an hour. I then went from 75 to 15 kilometers in nearly 300 meters. But why? Rubberneckers. The people who have to look at crashes and look for fatalities. These, these people are morbid. They're looking to see what's the matter and what happened. Well, it's none of your fucking business. The police and EMS are handling it, so move the fuck on. And considering the fact they're on the other side of a complete barrier, there is no reason for you to slow down that excessively. But people always do it. Now, all those slower moving people in front of me nearly caused the three lanes of traffic behind them to crash into the back of them. And what were they looking at? They were looking at an accident on the other side of the road, which was caused by a slower moving vehicle moving into the furthest left lane right in front of a faster moving vehicle. Now, the faster moving vehicle, judging by the, where it had hit and landed, was doing about 128 kilometers an hour. Yes, way over the posted speed limit. But I'd like to point this out. The Gardner Expressway, during rush hour, when the constant flow of traffic is moving at a constant rate of speed, that constant rate of speed is about 112 kilometers an hour. And being that it's 11 o'clock at night, there's not a ton of traffic on that roadway. So this faster moving vehicle stayed as far off to the left as possible. And why did they do that? Because they knew being in the furthest left lane is the fastest lane. Now I'm going to point something out to you that, you know, all the people that are yelling at their, their speakers and all the police that think I'm wrong and are now trying to track me down, find my license plate and give me a, a super amount of tickets because they just want to show me up and tell me to slow down. Meanwhile, every single cop I've ever followed behind in my entire life has never once done the speed limit. A police car on the roadway does an average of 15 kilometers an hour over the posted speed limit and on the 400 when I'm in the fast lane doing 120 the average police car on that highway is doing 118. So don't tell me to slow down you're doing it just as well. Okay so getting back to this left lane analogy. The Autobahn. An area that is now getting speed limits imposed in more smaller towns as opposed to the major cities but in yet the Autobahn has no posted speed speed limits in a lot of areas and a lot of people like to take out their high-speed supercars and go out in it. Did you know that when you travel on the Autobahn in an average area with three lanes on either side, so a six-lane portion of the highway, the furthest left lane are for vehicles going over 75 miles an hour, 120 kilometers. Anybody in that lane does over that speed limit. And the police in that country know that if your vehicle doesn't look like it cannot either maintain that speed safely your vehicle can't maintain that speed safely, or you are not traveling that speed, you will be removed from that lane and issued a citation. So why is it when I do that speed on the furthest left lane on the 400, I get ticketed and blamed for speeding? Well, here there is a posted speed limit of 100 kilometers an hour, so they can legally do that. But on the Autobahn, they don't do that. They won't pull me over because one, there's no posted speed limit. And two, if I'm doing 100 miles an hour in that furthest left lane and I'm constantly flashing my high beams to warn people down the highway to get out of my way, everybody knows to get out of the lane. People there have the mentality of there is a faster vehicle coming. I need to move out of the way. If I can safely move into the center lane, then I shall do it to move out of the way of the faster moving vehicle. Oh, amazing. 
imagine that people knowing that they are in the wrong lane we're in north america the interstate police the opp the rcmp city police they all tell us we need to slow down but I'd like to point out to a police officer, I, I, I want you guys all to do this little trick here. Um, next time you guys are doing your trials for road handling, because I know you got to do that, to learn how to handle your vehicles at high rates of speed, I want you to have somebody else in another vehicle, and while you're coming around that corner doing 65 miles an hour, trying to maintain that corner and that speed, I want another guy to pull in front of that car doing 80, 80 kilometers an hour, so as opposed to the 100. And I want to see how fast that police car can react, because I guarantee you, that police driver no matter how good they are they're gonna run into the back of the slower moving vehicle or they're on a closed track and yet the slower moving vehicle still caused an issue this is a big issue across the world the mentality of people constantly thinking that they can drive as fast as they want in whatever lane they want and i'm doing 100 and the speed limit on the highway is only 100 doesn't matter that there's 300 people in that furthest left lane that are doing 120 i have every right to be doing 100 in that lane you better deal with it and if you run into me the police will just take my side because i was traveling the right speed well that is a horrible mentality that we have in this country and hell in this continent it's the same mentality we have with jaywalkers if i walk out in front of a vehicle that vehicle should have stopped for me well i'm sorry the vehicle can't stop instantly and we're not supposed to be aware of every single thing you technically you are but you're supposed to maintain the speed of your vehicle you're supposed to have a 360 degree view of every single thing around you well our vision can only see at a 180 degree variation we're supposed to see 360 60 degrees all around us at all times while driving while checking all of our mirrors where each time we take a circle check of our mirrors and go from one to another to another we lose 15 seconds of vision between each variation but remember we're supposed to maintain 100 visibility on the road because in north america our legal system pushes this fact that you should be aware not about you but when i'm walking i can't even maintain 360 degrees of mobility and vision so why is the autobahn so safe well one in its construction and two people on it know which lanes they're supposed to be in and when somebody even faster is coming through they move over and get out of their way every day when i come home from work i drive along a four-lane road a throughway where the speed limit on it gets up to 90 kilometers an hour where the average flow of traffic during rush hour is about 110 now i can do bang on 90 and be safe and ensure that i will not get a speeding ticket but if i do 90 during rush hour i am the slowest moving object on that throughway which means i am the most likely to cause a collision the person going fast isn't going to cause a collision as easily as me you may believe that they will because they are moving at a higher rate of speed than i am but if there's 100 vehicles on the road and all of them are doing 110 kilometers an hour 20 over the posted speed limit yes there are 99 cars that are speeding and i'm that one who's not i might be abiding by the rules of the road but i am not abiding by the safe rules of the road and i don't know if you any of you out there have actually taken driver's ed one of the first things they teach you in driver's ed is you need to maintain yourself within the flow of traffic even if the flow of traffic is moving faster than the posted speed limit and why do they teach us this well up to a certain degree they usually say about 13 kilometers an hour over the posted speed limit but you need to maintain yourself within at least a five kilometer an hour ratio of the flow of traffic this is for the safety of not only 
yourself, but all of the other drivers around you. Driving in the flow of traffic is like being in a kayak going down a river with the flow of the river. Tilting my kayak sideways, I am now slower than the river and I'm more likely to tip over in the river. So when I'm the slower moving vehicle in the river or the automotive flow of traffic on the road, I am the more likely to cause an accident or be involved in an accident. Do you understand what I'm saying? But still again, in our North American culture and society, the person who abides by the law is the one who is 100% correct. It doesn't matter if what they were doing was unsafe in the conditions that they were in, they abide by the law. And that's why our legal system allows you to sue anybody over wrongdoing. Because if you abide by the law and they don't abide by the law, they're 100% in the wrong. And when it comes to driving, that's the mentality. And that's a mentality we need to get over. Sure, it would be amazing to live in a perfect world where the throughway I travel on, everybody does 90. Hell, if everybody did 90, I would stick with the flow of traffic doing 90. But when the flow of traffic goes faster and there are more people going faster on that road, then I will maintain myself with the flow of traffic to a certain degree. That there are still those variations of people who will go way and above. That person that will do 130 in that 90 kilometer hour zone while I'm on my way to work, they're usually one or two out of that 100 vehicles traveling. Those people are outside of the safety zone and outside of the flow. They're moving faster than the flow. Not to say that I should jump in front of them to slow them down. No, that is a horrible mentality that a lot of people have. Well, I'm just going to drive slow or bang on the speed limit next to my friend in the other lane to ensure that the entire flow traffic moves at the perfect rate of speed. Well, a police officer or somebody like that might commend you for doing that, but what happens to the people behind you? They get aggressive. They get angry. They get pissed off because the 30 other cars behind them all want to do the same thing and they're sitting behind you. You are not moving out of the way safely to allow the flow of traffic by. And did you know that's actually a no-no when traveling on the roads? You are not supposed to hold up a lane. When I turned 16, I took the Young Drivers Program in Canada. And one of the things that Young Drivers tells you, which is also inclusive of the Ontario Drivers Handbook, is do not drive in somebody's blind spot. If you need to speed up because you are further ahead of them, then speed up to get out of their blind spot. Or if you're further enough behind them, slow down to get out of their blind spot. Because if a child jumps out in front of them, they're going to naturally avoid hitting a child and run into the side of you. Where if you had maintained a proper spacing and left yourself out of that blind spot, you two could both safely move along the road. So forcing all the people behind you aggravates them because there are people on the road like myself who understand the fact that if you're driving beside someone, we call that racing. Because technically it's in the same context of doing a street race. You're next to each other trying to go faster than the other person. But usually you two are both pedal to the floor right next to each other racing each other as in a drag race. This is one of those little annoyances that I find a lot, but it's not the biggest annoyance. Sure, on a city street, I can pull off another street or I'll eventually get to where I'm turning in. And if I'm stuck behind two people racing on, on a main throughway, whatever. When I'm on a highway and they're going 20 under the posted speed limit and everybody else is trying to do the posted speed limit or above, that's a little different because usually if I'm on a highway, I could be hours away from where I am going and I do not want to be stuck behind them. This is where we get in cases 
of people using their vehicle as a weapon, as police call it. Now, I see using your vehicle as a weapon as directly utilizing it in harm's way of another person. Harm's way of another person is me using my vehicle to run you over. Harm's way of another person isn't putting yourself in a dangerous situation where your car can come in contact with their car. You can cause bodily harm, but they're inside of a steel cage which is made to protect them. So you're not utilizing your vehicle as a weapon. You're using your vehicle under the assumption of aggression. I'm not going to kill you if I punch you. There are people out there that could, but myself, I am not. That's where that context comes into play. I mean, you get two slow people racing on each other, and you know, the four-lane section of Highway 400. Eventually, when you get to an off-ramp, there's going to be somebody that just gets so pissed off. They're going to use that off-ramp. They're going to gun it in it and cut off the other person. Or they'll use the curb. Or, in some cases, some people have gone to the extent of driving on the gravel to get by them, which puts everybody in the highway in an unsafe position. Now, you would automatically blame the person who went and did that. Yes, they are the cause of the issue and the cause of the pain for everybody else, but they are not the ones who created the environment of aggression. Well, going through mental health and spending over a year learning about it and trying to better myself, I learned one main thing. People who cause mental health issues to you are people who will always put you in harm's way. So hanging out with, well, I'm going to throw them out there, someone like my father-in-law who puts me in a tense state is going to cause me to be in a more aggressive manner, which means I am more harmful in a mental state to the people around me when I am put into those conditions. The same is creating aggression in people behind you. Pissing people off behind you puts them in a situation where they are more likely to use their vehicle in aggression or even go one step further, actually use it as a full-scale weapon against you. Not everybody can handle stress the same way as others. And we're going through mental health. I learned all about this. My biggest pet peeve while traveling on a roadway is traveling on a two-lane roadway that has passing lanes. When I was a kid, passing lanes used to be just that. They were utilized for the passing of slower moving vehicles. And when you hit them, the slower moving vehicles would usually maintain the speed that they were doing before. In today's climate, when I travel to my camp and I have to go down the seven passing lanes between here and my camp over an hour away, I have to put myself and my family and my license in harm's way to get past people all the time. I will hit a passing lane where I am behind somebody doing 85 in a 90 zone on the highway. But when they hit that passing lane, I have to get up to 130 to get past them because they speed up to 110. Now explain to me why they sped up on a passing lane. They were the slower moving object and the passing lane is like a four lane highway. If you're the slower moving vehicle, you're supposed to be in the slower moving lane and you're supposed to, as I said before, maintain your constant speed. Well, on a two lane highway, this happens more more often. And the last time I came back from camp, the first passing lane I hit at the two kilometers to the next passing lane, the 12 cars in front of me who were bumper to bumper within those two kilometers became on average eight to 10 car lengths away from each other. When we hit the passing lane and all those people are doing their 80 kilometers an hour on the highway, I should only have to do 110 and get past them on the entire passing lane. But in today's market, I do 130 and I get past three of them. 
because they speed up. The mentality of people today seems to think that passing lanes are drag strips, but they are not. If you were doing 90 kilometers an hour before a passing lane, you do 90 kilometers an hour on the passing lane. I have seen people on passing lanes, it has gotten to this point of aggression in today's society that people will actually get out and utilize the oncoming traffic lane to pass other people who are trying to pass the vehicle that was going slower. And in today's society, we are trying to figure out why there are, is a constant increase of accidents on our roadways and we just blame it on people speeding. When you talk to an OPP officer at a collision and they're on the news, the first thing they always go to is somebody was speeding and they were going too fast. Well, yes, that is 100% correct. Somebody was speeding trying to get around a slower moving vehicle. The unfortunate thing is the slower moving vehicle sped up when the faster moving vehicle went to pass them, whether it be on a passing lane or on a broken section of the highway. And that is the biggest problem I have. Police today need to start charging the slower moving objects on the highway. If I get pulled over doing 140, which is the takeaway zone of my vehicle, while I'm trying to pass four vehicles that were just in front of me doing 75 in a 90 zone, I should not receive a ticket. Yes, I am well exceeding the, the speed limit, but if I need to go that fast to pass vehicles that were going that slow before a passing lane, there is an issue. And the police need to start monitoring the slower moving objects that get faster in these conditions. This also goes with merge lanes, on ramps, off ramps, and turning lanes. Turning lanes in my home city are merge lanes. There are a lot of people who use them as merge lanes. They will not turn into them. Or you get the people who turn onto roads who don't use them. They turn across them to get into the flow of traffic instead of utilizing them to get in and out. Or you get the people who nearly stop before they get into a turning lane. But if I hit them while I'm in the fast lane, while I'm in the city, I'm charged because I was speeding. No, I wasn't speeding. They were braking in the fast lane before they even entered the turning lane. Just like the people I pass the second the line opens up getting onto a highway on an on-ramp. While entering the highway 400 on any of the on-ramps, like by an on-route, I speed up and get to the flow of traffic before I enter it. So the slowest lane is usually between 100 and 110. Well, I usually get up to about 100 kilometers an hour before I even try and enter the highway. But in many occurrences, I've been behind people who are doing 70 kilometers an hour and then about to enter the highway. And they get really pissed at me when the second the line becomes broken, I pull onto the highway before them. You could say I'm in the wrong and about to cause a collision, but they are not entering the highway at highway speeds. And that is dangerous. It doesn't matter if it's an on-ramp in the city where you're going from one 60 kilometer an hour road to another 60 kilometer an hour road, or if you're entering from a surface street onto a highway going from 50 kilometers an hour to a, a highway that's doing 100. You need to enter the highway at the flow of traffic speed. Going slower is dangerous. And on and off ramps are designed for you to speed up on. Do you really think infrastructure engineers out there say, oh, we're going to make an on-ramp, we're going to make a completely flat and super short and super tight so that you have no chance whatsoever of hitting highway speed before you enter it. Now, in my home city, there's actually two on-ramps I can name of in this city that actually were designed that way, which is really messed up. Because in fact, one is an on-ramp from the highway onto the highway when they connect it with each other. And it is not long enough. The other one, you literally have to come up over a little bit of a hill as you come down and onto the highway and it is too sharp due to the fact of a green space that's protected 
to put the on-ramp in, where the on-ramp should have been made longer. But when you're not in those situations, you can maintain that speed. When I get off original road 55 and enter highway 17 going east, I could do so on that ramp. I will maintain between 65 and 80 during the main on-ramp, but halfway through that, I am at a position where I can literally clock my vehicle up to 100 before I even enter the flow of traffic on the highway. Are you trying to see what I am saying? Faster moving object in most of these cases is not the cause of the issue. A fast car weaving in and out of traffic is somebody who is speeding recklessly. A fast car in a lane of 30 other cars all doing the same speed is not reckless. Sure, they're speeding, but they are not reckless. The reckless driver is the slower car who moves in front of the speeding vehicles. Society needs to move away from this mentality of we need to force other people to slow down so I can do what I want. We also need to get away from this mentality of driving in the fast lane and speeding up on passing lanes. I'm sorry, they are put there for a purpose. A four lane road isn't made because they just want to add more lanes to the road for the traffic that already exists on it. No, it is made for the movement of more vehicles safely. An added lane has added safety. It allows the faster moving vehicles to move around the slower moving vehicles. And if you have ever learned anything about infrastructure engineering, you'll understand that the addition of a lane along with bridges, barriers, and anything else is all made to safely move vehicles at a faster rate of speed than was before. And that extra lane is there for the sole purpose of allowing faster moving vehicles to pass by the slower moving ones. So in the end, I would like to point this out to all of the authority figures who will now be following my vehicle as I travel on the road because they really want to nab me and give me a ticket. Is Maybe you should stop and start watching the slower moving people. When they move out of their slow moving lane and start driving in the faster lane, then maybe, just maybe, you need to find a reason to pull them over. Start giving them citations for using their vehicle as a weapon. Because in sense, by being the car that's doing 80 kilometers an hour, while the rest of the vehicles on the road are doing 110, when you move in front of the 110 kilometer an hour vehicles, you are the weapon. Because you essentially just added a brick wall to the road. And what happens when you put an immovable object in front of a movable object? They hit each other. Oh, and getting back to my original story from the Gardner Expressway, where the vehicle had landed from hitting the other vehicle, you were clearly able to see that the faster moving vehicle in the fastest lane had hit a slower moving vehicle. Considering the fact that the front of his vehicle was completely moved over to the other side of the road, all of the doors were open as per the vehicle slamming into the back of something and being thrown sideways over into the other two lanes. On top of that, the other vehicle involved had the back end completely demolished. And you know the funny thing is about this entire thing? Well, it's not really funny. The faster moving vehicle will be charged with speeding, whereas the slower moving one won't. They will have to pay a fine after they get out of the hospital and do all of their recovery from the major accident they had due to the fact that a slower moving vehicle ran in front of them. But the slower moving vehicle will not be slapped with the citation, will not be charged with aggressive driving, will not be charged with using 
their vehicle as a weapon and will be not given a speeding ticket. Meanwhile, they are the cause of the collision and they are the reason the other driver is in the hospital. That is at which only point with our legal system in North America becomes viable where that driver can then sue the driver of the slower moving vehicle for utilizing their vehicle as a weapon because the police won't charge them, but you certainly can make it sting. So really in the end, do we really need to slow down? Well, yes, we do need to slow down and we need to quit traveling so fast because really when you're on the 400, there's no need for you doing 140 flying in and out of traffic. Speeding slightly? Yes, as long as it's in a safe context. You and many other drivers are all maintaining the same speed, even if it is over the posted speed limit. You are at least maintaining a safe distance and a safe working speed with vehicles around you. You are not creating a hostile or a dangerous environment. You're just moving a little quicker than what they tell you you should. But we all know that engineers who develop highways develop them for even faster than the posted speed limits. If that was in the case, then how come it's so easy to put either up or down speed limits on roadways? It's because they're already made for faster rates of speed. So if you like this podcast or you want to come and come to my house and give me a speeding ticket, because, you know, I know a lot of OPP and police officers in my neighborhood are going to now be watching me, especially the one from the reserve down the road who already doesn't like me. Uh, send me an email, uh, follow us on Facebook, and, well, hell, if you really want to have a good chat with me and you are an officer who is above the law, not the law, most of them are think they're above the law, um, send me an email over at email at autolux.net. And I'll get you set up. We can have a quick conversation about this. And seriously, you can tell me all the law things you want. But in the end, the listeners will have the last say. And I guarantee you, most of them will probably side with the mentality of maintaining a safe cruising speed. And after that, stop by the website, check it out, read some of the reviews, go through some of the Corporate Links websites, and check out some of our previous podcasts about infrastructure development and its deficit. Yes, there's a reason why we shouldn't be going as fast as possible right now, due to the fact that our roads are crumbling below us. But that could be for another podcast in the future. The Autolux Podcast has been brought to you by Ecom Entertainment Group and distributed by Podbeam.com. The Autolux Podcast is hosted by the one and only Doctor to the Automotive Industry, Mr. Everett Jane. If you'd like to get in touch with Everett Jay or the Autolux.net website and podcast, send them an email over at email at Autolux.net. So, from myself, Everett Jay, the Autolux Podcast, and my multitude of vehicles, strap yourself in for this one dangerous ride along the horrible mentality highway that we have to travel every single day.